Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was now finest. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. And, you know, for this show, I end up having to do a lot of research and read a lot of articles online. I mean, staring at my screen for hours and hours as I write up the show notes and everything. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good, and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age. And Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. Yeah, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. You're tuning in to our part three about allergies. We spent the first two talking about different types of hypersensitivities all sorts of knick-knackeronies like that. Yeah, more allergy <laughs> stuff, right? We went into detail about, like, what's asthma, right? right? You know, and what are seasonal allergies and right, all that right, kind right, of stuff. Right. And we got into the nitty-gritty of, like, some antibody stuff with IgE, and we yeah. talked about mast cells and them, like, dumping histamine all over the place, right? Some antidotes, which are antidotes about antibodies. What yeah, the, yeah, that's a new animated show that I'm writing right now is Antidotis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has this, so there's this, there's this cafe called Dotis, right? <laughs> and all these antibodies have their Antidotis and Dotis. Do you ever get concerned that you're just like spitting so much hot fire into the airwaves that I, like people am, are just like making money off of you and you're not getting anything from it? I am concerned sometimes that I spit so much hot spit into our <laughs> mic <Yeah. laughs> and it just is going to break it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's something for Stacy to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard right. equipment. But anyway, so, you know, I think this episode we're starting to get to some of that hot, hot Jordan Peterson level conspiracy. <laughs> no, no but, but I think this episode we're getting to that really hot controversial stuff, which is like, are your allergies fake? <laughs> are you full of shit? I'm a bartender. When you say you're allergic to sulfites, are you just giving me a hard time? Right? Like, there's been a rise of allergies over the last several decades. Is that entirely explainable by diagnosis trends? Or are there things in society that are leading people to have more allergies? Right. Is it just fun for people to walk around and be like, oh, I have a gluten allergy? Yeah. Or is Nathan, like, I can't eat your rice. <laughs> Fuck you, customer. <laughs> you son of a bitch. There's no gluten in the rice anyway. <laughs> Even glutinous rice doesn't have gluten in it. They anyway. look me in the eye and they say, I can't eat your food. I'm allergic. And I'm like, get out of my bar. Or is or. there a biological reason why allergies and maybe kind of autoimmune disorders are on the rise right? right. in like westernized countries. Okay? Right. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about like what can we do about that. Right. Are there metaphysical reasons why they're not on the rise in eastern countries? Oh. With eastern meditation. 
Okay. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> we'll practice that on our next episode. <laughs> but this episode, we're focusing on the biology. Yeah, and the general question, hey, are there more allergies now? And if so, why? Yeah. Right? All right, so let's do it. Okay, so people are getting more allergies now than they used to, right? That certainly seems to be the case. Okay, so for a little while, people were like, oh, are you sure that we're getting more allergies or are we just getting better at diagnosing it? Right, because right, in 1940, it's like World War II, man, we weren't diagnosing yeah, allergies. Like, we're, we're diagnosing we're Nazis. Busy, yeah, we're yeah. busy with some Nazi shit right yeah. now. And so I think that was a fair argument, but it seems to be the case that there are so many more allergies now than there were 70 years ago. Right. That... Even if you account for how much of an increase there has been in diagnosis right. and like even awareness, right? Parents knowing like, oh, I should take my kid in because I think this is an allergy right. or something. Even if you account for that, it does seem that there are just more allergies out there now. That okay. The, that the incidence has gone up, especially for things like seasonal allergies, food allergies, and eczema. Okay. Okay. Asthma, interestingly, was on the rise from 1950 up until about 1990. Okay. And has actually kind of plateaued in places like the U.S. Okay, but not hay fever and eczema. They keep, they're rising still. Right, yeah, which is actually kind of interesting. Because if you were to think like, oh, maybe there's a single root cause behind all allergies going up. You'd the declining Christian faith in America. That's gotta be it. <laughs> That's gotta be it. Cause the same fever, dude. That's in the Bible, idiot. stupid? Pharaoh did that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pharaoh was one sneezy bitch. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. God hardened his heart and weakened his skin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're so learned. <laughs> I know. This. Do you ever feel like it's a burden how smart we are? <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I think it's important to be very arrogant <laughs> about about how much we know. It's like, why don't more people like me? I'm just too learned. That's the so something like <laughs> Have you ever read a Confederacy of Dunces? Yes. <laughs> I'm like that guy. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I want our listeners to know I also look like that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, you you've got a very Ignatius kind of vibe. I'm a big boy. <laughs> something like 30% of kids now have some kind of allergy. Yeah. Okay. And the levels of asthma have quadrupled since the 1950s. Damn. Even though they have plateaued in the past few years. Okay. Right. So it's kind of harder to draw conclusions from some of the more recent data, but it does look like some allergies have plateaued in the developed countries while they're still rising really quickly in developing countries. Right. Okay? So it seems that like there's this connection a little bit to urbanization. Okay. okay, so I just want to say this just up front. It's not all just bullshit. It's yes. not just like people being like, yeah. <laughs> like lame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like last time, it's not just connected right. to cancel culture. Right. <laughs> there, there is a reality here. Yeah, okay. That, that okay. is real. Okay, so definitely allergies are on the rise in a way that transcends just diagnosis trends and yeah. people being bitchy. And I do think that we have a tendency to be very, like, USA-centric when we think about it. Right, but this is true. Anywhere that's urbanizing, there are more allergies. Yeah, and a lot of yeah, times... even Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As they begin paving their roads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, uh, to be less Eurocentric, like, fucking, I don't know, like, Mar Malta, Maldives... <laughs> Um, Fiji, other places you can vacation, <laughs> right? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, like, even when you look in the United States, for example, yeah. a lot of times it's the people in sort of not as high a socioeconomic mm. strata, yeah. right, that are suffering from allergies more. Really? At this point. Yeah. Ah, okay. So it's kind of part of this hillbilly elegy kind of decline of the white man. Well, I'd say still connected to urbanization, though. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so urbanized people. Okay. But, for example, if you have people who immigrate to the United States, yeah. right, from a place that is less urbanized to, like, a, a city in yeah. the U.S., they will kind of develop the allergies of that city. Wow. And their children definitely will develop more allergies. Wow. So, like, so the cultural hedonism of America is that powerful that yeah. it'll have a biological effect? Yeah, it's got some stink to it. Damn, um, dude. So that's the thing, is that, like, it's pretty clear that there is some kind of genetic component to allergies. Yeah. But at the same time, there is certainly an environmental component. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Right, because it can't just be genetic. There has to... Oh, I was about to say something pretty stupid. Say it. I was going to say, like, well, there has to be some environmental impact because you're reacting to an allergen. And I was like, that's kind of besides the point. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. It's sometimes so burdensome to be stupid. You you were just talking about how burdensome it is to be smart. (laughs) That's part of why I'm an idiot. I don't know what I am, Dad. (laughs) That's pretty confusing. All right, that's great. Another thing about allergies is that they happen to be negatively correlated with the number of children in a family. Okay? Wait, what do you mean by that? The more kids that are in a family the fewer allergies those kids have. Mm, that's like, uh, like, uh, like I don't have allergies. Do you not have allergies? Uh, I have like dust mites or some stupid mm, shit like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get a little sneezy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, I'm pretty smooth otherwise, you know? Yeah, so the more kids that get tacked onto a family, every additional kid yeah. has fewer allergies than the one before that. Well, that makes sense. So kids are always licking each other and shit. That is... A potential kind of hypothesis-y type thing. Yeah. That we're going to talk about a little bit later in the episode. Fuck. Okay, but that's coming. Right. Oh. Okay. Oh. That's related to something called the hygiene hypothesis. There are some semi-speculative hypotheses as to why urbanization is linked to increased allergy. Well, I mean, there's just like more shit everywhere, right? Asbestos, right? There's like in Flint, Michigan. There's a little lead in the water, right? right. I mean, there's just more shit. Right. So one of the options is increased exposure to indoor allergens like dust mites, mold, pet dander, rodent, other pest allergens like cockroach shit and stuff Oh, like that's that. interesting because I was thinking all like half conspiracy. There's all sorts of chemicals in the air. Well, but like yeah. you're even talking about just like between a pastoral lifestyle, a hunter-gatherer's lifestyle to get real weird with it. You're, you're a fucking farmer. Or you live in a city. You're just indoors more in a city. Right. Like, there could be dust mites in a fucking peasant's hut. Yeah. But you're spending most of the day outside anyway. Yeah, you're fucking farming and shit. Right. You're a goddamn peasant. Right. Yeah, so I think that that's... Mm, Jared Diamond was right. One element of this. We should have never stopped hunting the buffalo. As a side note, I want everyone to know. Yeah. Okay? That dust mite allergens have different names for each allergen. Oh. One of the main ones is called Derpy one <laughs> okay. Derpy one. Okay. 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 And I just want everyone to understand that that's out there in the world. Is that like Hayden Christensen? It's like not my. Yes. <laughs> you were one. the derpy one. <laughs> <laughs> I have the high ground derpy one. <laughs> you know they're making a new Obi Wan Kenobi show. Yes. I think it's so funny that like uh, that fucking guy's gone out of his way to be like it's not. It's not like the prequels. <laughs> it's better. It's I was be in train spotting. It was never my fault. How bad those were. Ewan McGregor's a beautiful man. Yeah. I think he's going to bring it. Yeah. You know Hayden Christensen's also in it, though. Yeah. Well, hardcore. I think the rehabilitation mm. has begun. He's probably going to run for Texas governor pretty soon. 
<laughs> you know, there's, just because McConaughey, you know, McConaughey had a McConaughey. That was yes. many. That was too many. Yeah, too <laughs> that, many links. That is... <laughs> so I, I jumped the shark there a little bit. <laughs> no, you know, Hayden Christensen's actually. There's a movie he's pretty good in. I think it's called Broken Glass, where he plays this like little punk ass bitch reporter who gets really popular, I think, in the New York Times or the Washington Post. And it turns out he's lying about a lot of his stories. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's actually really good in it, I think, in part because he just, like, has that vibe, right? He just, like, feels like such a punk-ass little bitch. I think he's technically kind of a good actor. Yeah. Also, the thing you were just describing is also an episode of Criminal Intent. Really? With the guest star being Anthony Mackie. Right. When he was a young pop. Okay, so... Stacey, I want us to keep all this in, because we're about to like go way deep on movie shit. First of all, I got Stacey to watch 8 Mile. Oh, yeah. Anthony Mackie's yes, in... he's what? fantastic. And Michael Shannon's in it, too. Yes. Getting to bang Kate um, Beckinsale? No, no, no. Um, Kim Passenger. Yeah. Crazy. 8 Mile is like a good movie. That is a good movie. It's a good movie. Eminem's good in it. Oh, yeah. Wow, Brittany Murphy rip. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Rest in peace. And then, okay, deeper cut. Everyone needs to not... Don't pause the pod. Yeah. Don't pause the pod. Okay, you said Criminal Intent. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. We just saw Mystic Pizza. Oh, shit. Mystic Pizza, dude. Vincent D'Onofrio is fucking hot in Mystic Pizza. He's like a guy who's banging this girl, right? And they're supposed to get married, but she got cold feet and literally fainted. Okay. And so they're postponing it. And at a certain point, he has this... Dude, Vincent D'Onofrio just... He's like really good at Mystic Pizza. Oh, shit. (laughs) And he was like... Do you know how it feels? Because he's playing like Portuguese American, which I didn't know existed. But he was like, he was like, do you know how it feels that I love you and I want to commit to you and you just love my d-? oh shit? And I was like, it's a <laughs> oh my god, because <laughs> I'm so used to him Criminal Intent, where he's like very good and very intense, but like not fuckable. Yeah, and in this he's kind of fuckable. And I was like, poor Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow, is Mystic Pizza the one with that one uh, toothy broad? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in it. <laughs> we'll let the audience <laughs> decide. <laughs> no, you, I get this, dude. So then I looked at Mystic Pizza. For you guys who don't know, we love 30 Rock here. There's a joke about Jenna Maroney getting a big because she listened to a lot of Mystic Pizza. Or she, or she, she was in a musical. Yeah. I was reading Wikipedia because I watched Mystic Pizza. I was reading the Wikipedia page on it. Someone's adapting Mystic Pizza into a Broadway oh musical, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Full blown. No fucking lie, dude. Okay, well, now, at this point, I want to say this. We need to take a break because we <laughs> that's too goddamn far. So we need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to try to get back on track. But I think this is the first time, like, legitimately, I think we need to take a pause. So that was we can, a like, coaching digression. <laughs> I know. The I first know. in a 99 <laughs> episode. <laughs> we went so deep on that. We need time to, like, crawl back out of that hole. Okay, so let's take a break. <laughs> Let me just finish by saying I couldn't believe Anthony Mackie was in it. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> He's Captain America now. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break. Woo! This is a paid advertisement from Fister. You wanna get ripped? You wanna get jacked? Download Fister today. Tapa! I gotta. Fister. America's number one app for boxing lessons. I'm going to say one last thing. (laughs) I feel like Mystic Pizza was a perfectly fine movie and would be better remembered if it just wasn't called Mystic Pizza. Yeah, you know, when they had the thing in 30 Rock about Mystic Pizza, I thought that was the joke. 
You right. I mean? You didn't even know it was, was a like, real thing. It must have been Mystic River, yeah. and they just changed it to yeah, pizza right. for the gag. But yeah, okay. It, well, it's about a Portuguese community in Connecticut, and there's like a lot of kind of like racial and class tensions, which okay. is kind of interesting. It, it's not a bad movie, but it almost feels like they really just wrote it for Italian Americans in New York. <laughs> and then we're like, you know, like there's probably six movies that year about it, and they're yeah. like, make it in Portuguese in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, there's like too many Guidos. Yeah. We got to get out of this. Because the main restaurant is still a pizza place, <laughs> and she has this ancient recipe. For Portuguese pizza? Yeah. Like, well, what was it going to be like? Caldo Verde or something like that? Like, what the fuck? Do, what, what a Portuguese uh, Fran Francesa. Fran Francesa. Okay. Well, like, no, anyway. We can't, we can't do this anymore. We gotta, we gotta stop. Okay. I just went to this Portuguese restaurant in South Korea. No! Don't no. do it! Okay, 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 okay. So we're talking about Derpy 1. That was off. also a digression. The, oh, really? The main oh, thing shit. we're trying to talk about here are some of the reasons why urbanization are tied to increased allergies, right? Okay. And so one of the things we said, the first one was increased exposure to indoor allergens because you're indoor more often when right. you're in cities, okay? And then there's exposure to weird stuff outside, too. Right. There's increased exposures to other volatiles and chemicals that might impact immune function and the microbiome, like cigarette smoke, mm -hmm. and then also pollution and everything like that, right. right? And so a study estimated there's like a 20% increase in asthma risk from secondhand smoke. And like a 12 to 15% risk increase from pollution like ozone, sulfur dioxide, or right. nitrogen oxide. Okay, cool. And then there's some other hypotheses, maybe the stresses of modern life. Sure. Okay. In our stress episodes, we had mentioned that, hey, there's a lot of hormones that go around. And those things like cortisol can actually have an impact on your immune system. Yeah. So maybe there's some of that going on. Yeah. Okay. Can I give you a digression again? <laughs> I guess okay, so. Okay, so I was really pissed off about something like two days ago. And I imagined my mind as like... As if, like, my neural pathways were, like, rivulets as part of a delta, right? Yes. And, like, my anger, like, rivulet was getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So yes. that the water, my emotional energy just, like, always channeled into that rivulet of anger. Until yeah. it was just deeper than the other ones and would naturally flow more of my emotional energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that calmed me down a little bit. Because it was, like, um, it just felt so, like, uh, biological. And I almost imagined just, like, cutting it off. Right, oh. just like cutting off the neural pathway, and and it actually made me feel a lot better. That's just kinda, visualizing that. That's weirdly beautiful. Wow. <laughs> and then I and then I jerked off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nervous. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now we're back on track. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway. Yep. Fuck. So okay. maybe it's stress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's also hypothesized that maybe this is going on in like the prenatal early life kind of stress. Ah, okay. So okay, maybe like, that's like affecting the babies. Okay, so someone is pregnant, they're feeling a lot of stress from from living in the city. Yes. And then their baby for whatever physiologically is developing. Yeah, allergies. and maybe, or it's just, it's impacting their immune system. Ah. Right? They're not fully developing an allergy yet. Right. But it's like setting up their immune system so that once they're born. Yeah. They're like ready yeah. to be triggered by some sort of right. Allergy. Allergens will hit them mm. harder, right? That Interesting. Kind of thing. Okay. Another potential option is vitamin D deficiency and insufficiency. Right. Okay. With people indoors more often, yeah. and with dietary changes, not quite so much of that vitamin D. Right. You're you're solving that one girl at the time, though, aren't you? <laughs> Still doing it. <laughs> um, there's like a billion people with vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. Well, Sean is vitamin D sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> Overflowing with it. Even. Uh, no, you're sufficient. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, we got you. That. That's, that's like a good. Took, took me down the appropriate number of notches. Um, so it's only six notches, right? I mean, there's probably <laughs> there's probably like three billion people with vitamin D insufficiency. Okay, right. so that's, there's a lot of people out there. Right. And some of those are going to be babies. 
a lot of times when we're talking about these allergies and like kind of their development, what we're talking about is a certain window in childhood right. where it seems like we're particularly susceptible to developing these things. Interesting. Okay. But I mean, people can develop allergies later in life, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they definitely do. There's but a, childhood is like a lot of the allergies we're developing. Well, like just so it's not entirely certain, but there's some thought that maybe adult allergies happen because people... Were sort of primed when they were kids yeah. to be able to like develop more allergies and yeah. stuff. Is it true that if you like kind of shelter your kid from certain foods or whatever, that they're more likely to develop allergies to it? Like if I just like have my kid eat like food from all over the world and all sorts of shit, are they less likely to have an allergy to it? That's a great question. It seems like eating things yeah. and having those allergens and yeah. everything go down into your stomach and get introduced to your immune system that right. way has a tendency to create tolerance. Interesting. For and critically, you also must poop it, right? Because the anus is like a very, <laughs> a very, very important Save it. <laughs> evolved organ, right? Save it for the 100th episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now it's in stone. <laughs> All anal things go into the 100th episode. Uh, listeners, you'll understand later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as opposed to... Things getting through the skin. Yes. It seems like allergens introduced through some kind of barrier issue with your skin. Yeah. Might instead turn into a sensitization issue and then you actually kind of develop an allergy that way. You know, all of those hypotheses that we just mentioned. Yeah. There is kind of an alternative one that's not necessarily mutually exclusive, but has kind of blown up really big. Okay. And it's called the hygiene hypothesis. Yeah. And that's kind of like what our next chunk of talk okay well let's take a break and then let's go into this highly passive aggressive segment about how i don't wash enough (laughs) yes the following is an actual advertisement do you like plants like really really like them do you wish you could get a glimpse at how they work on the inside how they grow flower avoid problems like drought and heat and how they defend themselves against attacks well, we do too. That's why we at Plants and Pipettes explore the fascinating inner workings of plant molecular biology in our podcast and on our blog. Did you know that bumblebees can control the flowering time of plants by gently biting on them? Or that soap bubbles are great for plant pollination? We are Tegan and Yoram, two plant scientists who escaped the lab to bring you the hot new research without all the scientific jargon. Plus, we talk about topics of diversity and equality in the academic system. And bring fun science facts from the last week. Oh, and we talk about cats. And sometimes also we rant. You can read our stuff on plantsandpipettes.com or search for Plants and Pipettes in your favorite podcast app. Plants and Pipettes. We We talk talk plant plant science. science. (laughs) Okay, Sean. So I'm just... So so this segment, we're going to talk about the hygiene hypothesis. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to throw out what I think that is. Yeah, great. Is the more you wash, the more you're eradicating your own microbiome. And so you're just like got no defense against allergies. And so you should wash less and you'll be safer. That's interesting. That's actually kind of like a more updated version of the hygiene hypothesis. Dude, fuck but me. not really the original one. Oh, so let's, let's go through it. Okay, cool. So the origin of the hygiene hypothesis goes back to that finding we were talking about where bigger families with more kids tended to have fewer allergies. Okay, that's interesting. Specifically the younger kids. Okay? And I had just posed that they lick each other. Right. That there's lots of licking in right. large families. Right. Okay. And, you know, clearly these kids, they have similar environmental and genetic backgrounds. Right. Right. So but, what's going on? Yeah. Because the eldest kids usually still might have allergies. Right. They can't eat nuts. And then like the youngest kid, ones, yeah. gobbles them. They can just do it 
all the way. Right. Okay. So why would there be this benefit in that direction? Right. right. And so the hypothesis was that more kids mean more illness. Right. Because kids are fucking kids are fucking dirty. They're yeah, dirty they're little trash. Disgusting, pandas. filthy monsters. Yeah. And they love to spread disease. Right. And so if you have enough kids, also probably it's impossible to really keep track of all of them. So they're right. always like getting super dirty and you know, just eating right. shit off the ground. So these um, kids are always like kind of cross pollinating each other. Right. So there's more diseases, and that means more exposure to diseases earlier in life for right. the younger siblings. Right. And it seems like there is a window of time, maybe up to the age of three, mm-hmm. when like allergen susceptibility is really coming into play. Right. Okay. Because the immune system, it's still like actively developing. Like, sure, right. your mom pooped you out, but you're not you're not done baking yet. Right? right. So, like, in those first three years, your immune system is still really trying to get geared up, and it's possible that in those three years, you know, like, hey, you get some kind of sickness from your older, you know, brother or something like that. Yeah. And then I uh, got a sickness from you. <laughs> don't do it. DDR sickness. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> There's only one cure. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need more dance. Um, so then the idea would be more exposure to certain viruses or bacteria or parasites like helminths yeah. may do things to your immune system somehow yeah. that makes you develop fewer allergies. Yeah. Okay. And that this might have a timing component, like it works better if it's earlier in life. Right. Or even prenatal stuff like mom getting sick because she has filthy children right. while she's pregnant with you right. makes it so that you develop fewer allergies. Yeah, something. ironically, you're developing a more... Ro- well, I mean, I guess it's not ironic at all, actually. But you're developing a more robust immune system that includes uh, your immune system having an accurate response to allergies. So, one thing about all of that is that the evidence itself puts some elements of that into question. Right. Okay, so first of all, some infections definitely make you at a higher risk of developing things like asthma. Okay. Okay. What kind of shit? So lower respiratory tract infections, especially severe ones. So if you have like a really rough cold or something like that as a baby, that can make you more susceptible to asthma. Right. That's not something that like makes it so you don't get allergies. Well, that's because we just like ass blasted your bronchioli, right? Yeah, probably. But it just goes to show that it's not an across the board. Any kind of illness is great to, you know, give your kids or whatever. Right. The hygiene hypothesis is like string theory. Okay. Okay. Like it's, um, it's very elegant sounding, but, uh, it's not borne out by evidence. Interesting. (laughs) The part that I was going to say is kind of similar to string theory. It's resilient to criticism because it's very flexible. Ah, I see. So it'll mold itself around new data by basically changing some of the things that it's suggesting. Right. Like some of the mechanisms and everything. So we'll get into a little bit more of that soon. But the data itself is like kind of conflicted as to whether other viruses or infectious jabronis are like negatively correlated with allergies at all. Okay. Right. So like some studies will be like, oh, hepatitis A, again, not great. Yeah. It's not great to get hepatitis A. Yeah. But people who had it in one study had fewer allergies. I would way rather have hep A than be allergic to the food I eat. Because I fucking love nuts. Don't do this. You know, and I want it. I want the nut. You need to like your, you need to like your liver more. Um, and then some, you know, I fucking hate my liver. There's another study though, still also looking at hepatitis A. Yeah. And for that, they saw like little to no impact on whether you had allergies. Right. Or maybe a slight increase in allergies. Right. So like that's a wash. Yeah. Right. Like what? How are we supposed to be able to interpret that? Okay. That said. 
there is some relatively good evidence that helminth infections specifically. Yeah. That's parasitic worms. Right. Like tapeworms and shit. Yeah. That those may cut down on allergies. So if we just cave kids tapeworm, like under observation, not like willy-nilly. If we give kids some tapeworms, they'd probably uh, not have so many fucking lame allergies, right? <laughs> I mean, next episode. <laughs> Save it for next episode. Oh, you fuck! You fucked my butt. <laughs> I'm into it. Okay. Wait, so, is this technically episode 98? I think this is 99. So you're right. It's not next episode. It's the one after. Ah, okay. 101 is going to be allergies part four. Ah, I see. Because okay. we got to do... Our hundredth episode, one hundred smooth listening. D- I know that's a reference to a song, but what song is that? Um, it's from Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, how's the song go? The second album, bum bum, uh, twelve precious melodies <laughs> worth listening. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed them. Bum, bum. You're so hot right now. Dude. Oh, yeah, did you like that? Uh, <laughs> it's a weird, like, hidden track at the end of their second album. I remember it now. I remember, I remember that. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. That was. Yep. No, that was good. Okay. So. How would this fucking work anyway? Yeah. Right? Like, like, even assuming that this is true, yeah. why would getting infected with something do anything about allergies? Right. Okay. And could it pass Congress? <laughs> Nothing passes Congress. <laughs> <laughs> That's a non-starter. So, the biological explanation kind of... Sean, look at that lizard real quick. Stacey, go back to that one. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Ooh. Oh, fuck. That lizard cute. Why is it being ah! so cute? Oh, it just did a little mum. <laughs> You're gonna do another mom at me? Oh my god. This is an audio medium. <laughs> that lizard's so cute. Like nothing about this We have to keep this. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. How would the hygiene hypothesis work on a biological level? Right. Okay. The explanation that was out there mm-hmm. for a while is based off of a dichotomy yeah. called the TH1. TH2 axis. Yes. Okay. Right, here so, we go. This is going to be pretty hard. Yeah. So basically, last episode, we talked about IgE and we talked about mast cells. Right. Right. They're like the active boots on the ground, dumping out the histamine, like when the allergen comes in. Cool. Okay. What I omitted in that explanation Jesus. was a lot of extra immune system words. Right. I did mention that, like, usually. The histamine thing does draw more immune cells in. Right. But I didn't go into specifics about what those immune cells are or how they work or anything like that, right? That's kind of important at this point. Yeah. So I'm going to do my best. Okay, cool. Right? Even though it's a lot of words. Okay, so one thing immunologists knew about allergies for a long time is that you can have like really severe reactions. Sure. And those severe reactions are kind of because of like a snowballing that happens. You get a cytokinotino storm, right? Right, when cytokines are released and there are these signaling proteins, right? Right, right, right. And they help more immune cells come in and get super activated. Okay? Right. And immunologists knew that there were like sets of cytokines that tended to get released together. Right. There was like set Like A. Proud Boys and like the clan. <laughs> God. <laughs> There's like set A and set B. I'm going to take a step back and tell you about set A and set B. <laughs> so, the, yeah. And so basically, what they found yeah. was that there are some T cells, nice. which is a kind of immune cell, yeah. that tend to release the cytokines from set A. Cool. And there's some that tend to release it from set B. Right. And they called them T 
helper cell type one right. and T helper cell type two or yeah, help, TH1 and T2. Helpfully TH2. simple. All right. Yes. So they're like, okay, the thing is type one has a tendency to show up during an infection and it seems to be doing like inflammatory stuff. Right. And type two seems to show up in a kind of mutually exclusive situation in allergies. Okay. And they're sort of mutually exclusive. We don't see TH1 and TH2 at the same time. Right. And so what they thought is like, hey, both of these are kind of energetically expensive. Right. Maybe when you have one, it comes at the expense of the other. And did they see these different molecules with a really powerful microscope? Or did they have like a growth serum that could make them real big so you could see them? In the <laughs> it was actually just licking. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. all by taste. It was like a very powerful tongue. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so just anybody with a wound, they're going... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, people don't know this, but the TH1 actually has a really high Scoville unit. <laughs> right? Way higher than, than TH2. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. That's excellent. Okay. So they were like, all right, great. Well, then maybe what's happening... In the hygiene hypothesis is you get an infection that sets up your TH1 right. when you're young, and that makes it so TH2 is, like, downgraded. Yeah. And TH2 is the allergy one. Yeah. Okay? So they're like, maybe it's a seesaw, and when you get infected early, TH1 goes up, TH2 goes down. Yeah. All right? Now, because immunologists love making things more complicated by continuing to discover inconvenient truths. And also disagreeing on terminology and many parameters of the research, right? Yes, yes. But in this case, <laughs> this, this was just them finding out more information. Right. They found more cytokines. Oh, shit. They found more cytokines released in what seemed to be another kind of mutually exclusive set of circumstances. Okay. Which, there's type 1, there's type 2, and they named these, frustratingly, type 17 cytokines. What happened? <laughs> it's because <laughs> the first cytokine they found was called interleukin-17 for that one. Uh, it was the 17th mm, uh, interleukin. Because Luke Perry had died recently. Luke Perry. 17. What is that? Okay. Because <laughs> 17? Wasn't he like in a thing called 17? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I'm thinking about Matthew Perry because he was in like 17 again or like hip come hip 17. <laughs> like with Zach Efron, right? I don't know. Let's take a step back. I don't know if any of this is working. Okay. So, so they, the at first. Okay. So, so 17 is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got TH1, you got TH2, and then you got TH17. Right, and it's like its own fucking thing, okay? The thing about TH17 is it has a tendency to also be inflammatory. Yes. Okay, so unlike TH2, which is allergy, right. TH17 is kind of a little bit more like TH1. Right. But in any case, now it's getting more complicated, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then they discovered another thing, which is there's another fucking kind of T-cell called regulatory T-cells. And regulatory T-cells like to turn off all the other THs. Okay? Oh, cool. So what was once a seesaw is now a very confusing power struggle. Right. I and like it. it makes the hygiene hypothesis very complicated. Right. This is this like point. The Wire season three. Not season two. Right? We're not the docs. Okay? <laughs> not the fucking Polish right, shit. Right, right, <laughs> Season three. There's no Polacks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're back to the basics. We're part Poluca. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're like 164th or something. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> don't do it. What, don't? Are you ashamed of your hair? Don't, don't bring the Pollocks into this. <laughs> you love pierogies and you know it. Pierogies are pretty good. They're you pretty could have been a pierogi. You could have been something. Okay, let's keep going. And then, on top of all of this, immunologists found something called ILCs, or innate mm. lymphoid cells, yeah. which are a kind of innate immune cell, aka not an adaptive immune cell. So they're not T-cells, yeah. but they secrete a lot of the same things as T-cells. Cool. So TH1 
cells are kind of similar to ILC1 cells. Right. And Th2 cells are kind of similar to ILC2 cells. Definitely not the same thing. And Th17 cells are kind of similar to ILC3 cells. So they they numbered that one correctly. It's like bosons and dosons in the standard (laughs) model of particle physics. It's got to exactly be like that. Right. Anyway, point is... That made things a lot more complicated for the hydrogen hypothesis. Do you know bozo is actually just a misnomer off of boson? Is that it would be like, you know, people would be like, you're such a boson. <laughs> and actually just like whiffed because, you know, everyone's stupid in New York. And of course, be like, yeah. They ended up being turned into bozo. Literally, <laughs> boson. <laughs> Fuck it, you fucking boson. This is fantastic. That's like not even what this episode's about, right? Like you could have saved that one for like literally any episode where we're talking about physics. And like this, it's just got fucking nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small things you're talking about. That's how they're related. Uh, that's great. Oh, they're small. All right. So in any case, now one of the thoughts for the hygiene hypothesis is maybe what's happening, whatever's going around and fucking up this intricate balance, yeah. maybe it's messing with your regulatory T-cells. Because mm. they're the ones who kind of like to turn off all the other business. Don't mess with that. So maybe they're getting fucked up and they're not able to turn off the TH2 response or something. Balls. Okay. So maybe that's the explanation. Now, whether or not the hygiene hypothesis is true, yeah. one thing that we're definitely getting a feel for is like what sorts of introductions to allergens might actually set the whole system off. Okay, that's okay? good. So maybe we don't know the causes exactly yet, but we can help parents overprotect their children. <laughs> well, it's just that like babies are still going through a lot of development when they're really young, you know, right. before three years old. Right. Uh, for example, their lungs are making all of their alveoli and shit. You know, yeah. they're, like, making all these little spots right. and everything. This is different than the Victorian <laughs> model of parenting where they thought kids were, like, fucking <laughs> till they're 18. <laughs> you know, uh, they there weren't developing These are just really dumb adults. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so, like, the lungs, they're still developing. The lung microbiome changes a shitload in your first three years yeah. and everything. So, you know, it's thought, hey... Maybe some kind of exposure to pollutants or allergens in that really early time period yeah. could, like, really drastically fuck up the microbiome or something. You know, kids that hear Ben Shapiro have allergies at a 75% higher rate. That's got to be true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that fucker's face. That's their daemon leaving them. <laughs> yeah. right? it's like, they're slowly dying. <laughs> Just turning into gold dust. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things that they found is with babies... Oral introduction of yeah. allergens. Okay, so babies eating something like peanuts right. Right. seems to reduce the potential for allergic responses to those things. Interesting. So it's like they're dissolving in your stomach. All the little little bitty critters in there are getting used to peanuts. And that helps your whole body get used to peanuts. Yeah, so there might be some microbiome stuff going on there. Right. But also, your like small intestine has just a fucking insane number of immune cells, including those ILCs that I was mentioning. Ah, uh, okay. And so those immune cells might be learning lessons about what kinds of things are chill. Right. Okay? Now, what they've also found, though, is that some babies that for some reason have reduced barrier function in their skin. Mm. Okay. So that could be an illness. That, you know, makes well, it so well, well, de-jargon barrier function in skin. What, is, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, like, rougher scaly skin, or, like, even skin that's been, like, scrubbed way too hard or something like that. Interesting. You lose some of the layers of your skin, the ah, outer layers, okay. that help protect you. Okay? okay. And so that means reduced barrier function. It's not doing as good a job being a, a barrier. wall. Yeah, a barrier. Right. You need a strong <clears throat> wall. 
<laughs> you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> your naughtiness knows no bounds. We need to build a wall around your naughtiness is what we need to do. That's locked down. You know, when I was circumcised, I had a cone around my d- I'll do this. <laughs> yeah, we gotta... <laughs> we gotta figure out something for you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> the cone okay. worked. <laughs> I didn't scratch my d- for like two weeks. There must be an answer to, to the problem that is Nathan. What do you do about a problem like Nathan? <laughs> what do you do about a dick like Nathan? Yes. Dude, the moil took one look at me and was like, we're going to need a cone around <laughs> yeah. That's a scratcher. <laughs> okay. And what they've seen is babies that have reduced barrier function in their skin, it seems like they can develop allergies much easier. Yeah. Okay. And it seems that that issue, like especially when they look in mice. Yeah. If you feed mice some peanut oil, for example, yeah. they usually build up a tolerance and then it's hard for them to be allergic to peanuts. Yes. Okay. But if you inject peanut oil under their skin yeah. or rub it on their skin when like their skin has been sort of like shaved recently, so oh, it has kind of reduced barrier, okay. they become allergic to it. Oh. Okay. And so there's something about digesting versus skin contact it does seem like the route matters right okay it's the journey of the allergen that matters Mm. and it might not just be digestion though okay in the skin the immune environment is kind of different than in your guts right there's different cells around and they might be primed for different kinds of responses so digestion or enema is a good way to introduce allergens to a child Wait until the 101st episode. And maybe the 100th episode, because that's also asshole stuff. You're doing too much. Okay, those are, that's all future shit. Don't do it yet. <laughs> anyway. Um, Next big trend in parenting, enema. <laughs> so it's just, it is interesting. There's some hypotheses now that maybe like babies developing allergies might be from stuff that's getting kicked up into the air even in like kind of small amounts. Yeah. And then like, you know, maybe the babies, they have some kind of, you know, they have like a crack in their skin or like their skin's oh, really dry or something like that. Okay. And it's getting in that way. And it sort of completely bypasses any tolerance they built up in their guts. Sure. Your immune response to that is like, oh shit, outsider. Right. Beep, beep, beep. Exactly. Right. Okay. So that's an area of really active research. They're trying to figure that shit out. All right. Cool. But, you know, there's a lot of hope there that maybe if we understand that whole process better, there's things we can do to help the little babies out. Right, right, right. right. And if we can help the babies out, maybe we can cut down on some of this increase in allergies that we're seeing across the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's take a break. Why would we're, this is the end? I mean, a week long break. We finished this shit. So, what matters is the journey. All right. <laughs> so, let's call it for today. Yeah. Next time, we're going to. Well, next time is our 100th episode. And we got an extravaganza for Nice, dude. <laughs> it's about <laughs> and. Why are you doing this now? Cut it or beep it. <laughs> beep that shit. I don't want them beep to know the yet. whole thing. We got to keep that private. Okay, that's on lockdown. <laughs> Trade secrets. Um, Just like my butthole. <laughs> but the 101st episode, when we come back to allergies, we're going to talk about treatments and futuristic cures, like what's on the horizon for treating allergies. Right, right, okay? right, right. All right. Just beating kids again, right? Let's say thank you to <laughs> Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer and animator. Ooh, thank you, Brian, for art. And you can hit us up on Twitter at Dish Podcast. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash petridish and a Gmail at petridishpod at gmail.com. We'll see you all next time for our 100th episode. Woo!